You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Tic Tac Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. It is a tick. Tack Tuesday, and that means on today's show, we are going to be breaking down the four most impactful plays from Week 7 in this week's Tick Tack 4-Pack. So excited to break down those plays from an X's and O's perspective and get into the film room with you guys on this Tuesday. So going to bring all of that to you. Remember, I'm going to be posting the visual film breakdown to go along with this Tick Tack Tack four pack breakdown on my Twitter account at Tic Tac Titans. So make sure you check that out as that marries directly together with the audio breakdown I am going to be doing today. So we are going to talk about how the Titans got in an early hole and found themselves behind by so much at halftime. Obviously, the critical conversions the Steelers got on third and long during the first half, but also the Titans made a special teams mistake that resulted in the Steelers third touchdown. So going to be breaking down how the Titans found themselves in that early hole that they weren't able to climb out of today. Before we dive into our Tic Tac 4-pack for Week 7, have to talk about some roster transactions that we got from the Titans today, along with some injury news as well. So all of your biggest Titans news to start off today's Tic Tac Tuesday before we get into that breakdown with the Tic Tac 4-pack. Remember, I'm going to have Rewatch Wednesday tomorrow where I schematically dive into everything that I noticed, my extra analysis from rewatching the coaches' tape from the Titans' matchup against the Steelers. And then on Thursday, we begin our preparation for a week eight matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals with crossover Thursday. Going to have the hosts from the Locked on Bengals podcast on here to get us ready to preview the Bengals on Friday with our Football Friday game preview. Have the keys to the game, the players to watch, injuries, fantasy, gambling, and much more. So a big week coming up on the Locked on Titans podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on whatever platform you do stream. But it is Tic Tac Tuesday all of the latest Tennessee Titans news and our Tic Tac 4-pack for Week 7. Let's get it! Experiencing their first loss of the season on Sunday to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Titans were back in the news on Monday with two headlines, one being a roster transaction and another being a major injury update. First, the roster transaction that the Titans made early in the morning was waving fan favorite linebacker Will Compton. Compton had played in five games for the Titans this season, playing 33 snaps on defense, that is 10% of 
the team total, and then spending the most of his time on special teams playing 57 snaps, 41% of the team's special teams opportunities. He did play in five games for the Titans, made six tackles during that time, and after waving Will Compton, the Titans now have 51 players on the 53-man roster, so that's two open spots. Hopefully, one of them will be filled since Will Compton is a linebacker that's waved off the roster. You would think that Darren Bates, another longtime fan favorite for the Titans, will get the opportunity to fill that roster spot as Darren Bates has been on the practice squad for the Titans, but has been elevated twice to the game day roster. So Bates most likely will be elevated up to take that fifth linebacker spot for the Titans as a special teams ace. And then hopefully that final 53rd spot will be filled by Titans cornerback Adoree Jackson, who is yet to play this season, but will be a sight for sore eyes for a Titans secondary that is struggling mightily at this moment in time. And that leads us into the next bit of news for the Titans, considering we are talking about a struggling secondary. Titans rookie cornerback Christian Fulton exited the game against the Steelers early after playing only 34 snaps with what appears to be a knee injury and we got reports early on in the day that Fulton would receive an MRI on that knee injury during the day and reports came later on in the afternoon that luckily Fulton was able to avoid any major knee injury that would cause him to miss the rest of the season. However, the knee injury is severe enough to where Fulton will miss a few weeks. Could be three, four, five, anywhere in that range and due to that time frame, right now, the Titans could choose to put Christian Fulton on the IR. That isn't a decision that they have made yet, but the short-term IR where a player is out for a minimum of three weeks would help the Titans use an open roster spot to fill that area of need. They could look to elevate someone from the practice squad like a Kareem or or look to sign a free agent off the, off the street to fill that spot as well. Either way, what happens with Fulton's roster spot in terms of whether he's placed on IR or not, we can't know right now. But we do know that his spot on the field will most likely be filled by Chris Jackson, the other rookie cornerback for the Titans, who filled in for Fulton when he went out of the game on Sunday. And Fulton has performed significantly better than Chris Jackson, not only in the game on Sunday, but so far this season. On Sunday, Fulton had 34 snaps. He was targeted four times, gave up three completions for only 28 yards. He had a 68 overall coverage grade. Chris Jackson, on the other hand, was targeted four times as well, gave up 42 yards, and had a 52 overall coverage grade per pro football focus. On the season, Fulton has played 140. 49 snaps, that's 44% of the defensive total, and he has a 57 overall coverage grade on the year. Jackson, on the other hand, has played 126 snaps on defense, that's 37% of the team's total, and has a 29 overall coverage grade. So, a significant drop in performance from Christian Fulton to Chris Jackson, even if Fulton wasn't playing phenomenally. Now, it leads us to 
the question of if the Titans do get starting cornerback Adoree Jackson back, will they put Adoree Jackson in the slot and leave veteran cornerbacks Jonathan Joseph and Malcolm Butler on the outsides, or will they use Jackson to replace Joseph, have Butler and Jackson on the outside with rookie Chris Jackson on the slot? That's something to look forward to and pay attention to as we go forward into week eight when the Titans take on the Cincinnati Bengals. And speaking of the secondary, the secondary is going to be a major focus of this week's Tick Tack 4-pack as we take a look at the four most impactful plays from the Titans' Week 7 matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this week, I'm going to focus on how the Titans got behind by so much at halftime. The reality of the situation is the Titans didn't play a bad game overall. In the second half, they played better, but they still didn't play great. They would have been in this game and would have had a great chance to win it if they didn't, quite frankly, just blow the first half and not play Tennessee Titans football. So I want to show you a few examples of how it wasn't only the players who are responsible, but also the coaches who are responsible for some of the issues that the Titans had on defense, especially third and long in the first half, and then also on special teams. So we are going to talk about that in this week's Tick Tack 4-pack. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Tick Tack Titans to check out the visual breakdown that I will be posting on Tuesday to go along with our next few segments. Also, subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Before we jump into this week's Tic Tac 4-pack, though, I do want to tell you guys a little bit more about Pepsi, made for football watching. This season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. For me, it's three TVs on the couch with a 12-pack of Pepsi, but this week, it'll be me in Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati checking out the Titans live and you know I will still have my Pepsi right beside me because Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. One reason to repair or maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other more important things like the mortgage or food or Titans tickets. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you could go to rockauto.com and get the best prices available, be able to browse all the different makes, models, brands, specifications, and all the prices that you prefer. They have everything at rockauto.com from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even brand new carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, as I mentioned, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure that you use promo code Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box right underneath your shipping information so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. It 
time for this week's Tick Tack four pack where I break down from an X's and O's perspective the four most impactful plays from the Titans game the previous week of course this was a week seven matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers and what was most impactful in this game is how the Titans got down early the Titans would have been right in this game and had a great chance to win if they didn't play so poorly in the first half. So we need to take a look at some of the negative plays that put the Titans in that big halftime hole. And of course, number one on the list is the Titans' poor third and long defense. So it's no surprise that the first three plays that we are going to look at are those big third and long conversions that the Steelers had in the first half. And the first one came on the Steelers' first offensive drive of the game. The Titans had the Steelers at third and 11 on the Tennessee 40, looking to score with about 11 minutes left in the first quarter. What the Titans do here is exactly what I implored them to do in our Football Friday game preview, and that is blitz Ben Roethlisberger. Now, that's tough for the Titans to do with the secondary they have in this game and in this moment. The Titans actually put Ty Smith out as their starting outside cornerback. They had been rolling with the veteran Jonathan Joseph so far in the year. He had been struggling mightily. So, hey, got to give Ty Smith a shot here, see if he's any better. Well, the Titans didn't really put Ty Smith in a position to succeed even when he's already outmatched from a talent perspective against Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson. So what the Titans do here is they line up in a front where they have six people on the line of scrimmage. They have Kenny Vaccaro. They have Jayon Brown covering up the center. They have Clowney. They have Landry. They have Daquan Jones. They have Jeffrey Simmons. So all six people on the line of scrimmage. They have on the right-hand side from the offensive perspective, they have Malcolm Butler against Chase Claypool. They have Kevin Byard lined up in man coverage against Eric Ebron. On the left-hand side, they have Christian Fulton manned up with Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ty Smith against Deontay Johnson with Imani Hooker back deep as a single high safety. So what the Titans are going to do here is they're actually going to blitz seven people, all six of the people on the line of scrimmage, and then Kevin Byard is going to blitz from the left slot from the right-hand side of the offensive perspective. So that's seven people coming for Ben Roethlisberger on a third and 11. The goal here is to make him get the ball out in a hurry so that the Titans can make a quick tackle before the first down marker. That's the whole goal of blitzing a bunch of people on a third and long as you get the ball out quick. The routes aren't able to develop, get downfield to get a first down. You can make a quick tackle. Well, if you're going to do that, You have to play press coverage or at least tight coverage on the outsides. Well, on this play, Ty Smith is lined up about 10 yards off of Deontay Johnson. So on the snap, everybody mans up across the board. The Titans bring seven blitzers, but because... Ty Smith is so far off of Deontay Johnson, Big Ben takes the ball and quickly, before the pressure can even impact him, just tosses it out on a slant to Deontay Johnson. And now, because Ty Smith is so far off of Deontay Johnson, Johnson has the ball, he has tons of speed, he's an explosive player, he has the ball underneath, there are no Titans defenders in the way because Seven came on a blitz, and it's him one-on-one against Ty Smith, who's about five to seven yards away from him at this point. 
He makes one quick cut to the outside, uses that explosive athleticism, beats Ty Smith to the first down marker before he's tackled by Imani Hooker, but it's a first down on third and 11 for the Titans that ends up in a Steelers touchdown, and now they're on the board. It's seven to nothing Steelers. So we are going to move to the second Pittsburgh Steelers drive for play two. The Titans have the Steelers in an even longer situation, a third and 14 at Pittsburgh's 35. So if the Titans can get a stop here, get a punt, they're going to be able to have pretty good field position trying to get a score and tie the game at seven to seven. The Titans mix up what they do on defense here. Here, instead of going man coverage and blitzing, they drop back in coverage with seven people in coverage and only rush four. They're going to run a cover three. Now the Titans are trying to confuse Big Ben Roethlisberger at the snap. He's a veteran quarterback, a great quarterback, a Hall of Famer. He's going to be able to diagnose things if you just go out there, line up in a two deep safety and give them cover two looks all day. So the Titans are trying to confuse things a little bit here. They have Kevin Byard and Monty Hooker in a two deep safety look, but right before the snap, Kevin Byard kind of creeps up a little bit into the middle and it turns into cover three. Now, what the Steelers do is really smart here on third down. They run what Madden players would know as three verticals. So the Steelers have trips to the right-hand side with Deontay or Juju Smith-Schuster alone on the left-hand side. So with those three trips, they run three vertical routes. So the inside guy is tight end Eric Ebron. He's going to go over the middle and try to split the two deep safeties. The guy in the slot is just going to run vertically all the way up the field and hopefully pull that slot defender or the safety on that side towards him. And then the outside guy is going to run a vertical but go towards the sidelines to try to bring that outside cornerback or the safety play in that side of the field as far away from the middle as possible. And what the goal is, is to pull the defenders out of the middle and then hit Eric Ebron over the middle for a completion. Now, Titans linebacker Jayon Brown is the only linebacker in the middle of the field, and his responsibility is to cover that middle of the field, but what happens is, is Juju Smith-Schuster, who is on the opposite side of the trips, runs an underneath route, and Jayon Brown simply makes a mistake here. He just just misreads what he should do. Juju Smith-Schuster is bumped by Kenny Vaccaro and then comes on a crossing route over the middle. But because of that bump by Kenny Vaccaro, Juju Smith-Schuster is at the line of scrimmage when he's running his route. He's basically running across the line of scrimmage or just right above the line of scrimmage. Even if Ben got him the ball, he would have to turn upfield and gain about 12 yards to even be able to get close to the first down. So Jayon Brown instead of staying plastered or staying attached or focusing on Eric Ebron, who is running about 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, getting ready to cross the first down line, he bites up forward on Juju Smith-Schuster's under route, and that leaves enough of a window for Big Ben to fit the ball in to Eric Ebron right in front of Amani Hooker, who's the deep safety in the cover three for a first down completion and a completion of 22 yards on third and 14. That's early in the Steelers' second offensive drive, and it's just a backbreaker from a momentum standpoint for a Titans defense that needs to get off the field and get the ball back to the Titans' offense so they can try to get something going. So right here, we have two third and long situations that the Titans have completely botched. One, Jayon Brown making a critical mistake in zone coverage in the second play, and the first play, of course, the Titans' coaching staff making a mistake by not having Ty Smith up close enough onto Deontay Johnson 
Wisconsin to go along with and marry along with that all-out blitz that the Titans were running. So a coaching mistake along with a talent issue with Ty Smith and then a zone coverage mistake from Jayon Brown, who's supposed to be one of the Titans' most reliable players on defense. So we're seeing player mistakes, we're seeing coaching mistakes, and we're seeing talent issues all show up for the Titans in these first two plays. We are going to move into the second two plays of this week's Tic Tac 4-Pack next. Let's continue this week seven tick tack four pack. We already went over the first two plays of this week's tick tack four pack, two third and long conversions for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as we were in play two, we are going to stay on the Steelers' second offensive drive here. And it is another third and long opportunity for the Titans' defense. This is third and 12, this time crossed the middle of the field on the Tennessee Titans 33. Now we are into the second quarter. There's about 14 minutes and a half left in this game, but the Titans are still only down 7 to nothing. But here, the Titans just make a, a critical error trying to be too fancy. And I'm going to talk about in Rewatch Wednesday, tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk about how the Titans just gave the Steelers offense far too much respect. And that's what got them into the trouble that they got in in the first half. So I'm going to go over that more schematically tomorrow. So make sure you check out Rewatch Wednesday and subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast. But one example here is the Titans were trying to confuse Ben Roethlisberger a lot. They were really trying to mess with the safety alignment. So in this third play, the Titans come out in a too high safety look again with Kevin Byard on the right-hand side of the field if you're Ben Roethlisberger looking from his direction. He's on the right-hand side of the field. But, unlike the Titans' first two plays where they played just cover zero, man coverage, and then after that they played cover three and play two, here they go cover one robber, which we've talked about a lot on this show. Man coverage, rushing four, but you have two defenders that instead of being deep and covering each half of the field... There's going to be one single high safety who gets everything deep, and then one of the safeties comes up underneath and plays at linebacker depth and tries to take over anything over the middle of the field. That's the robber. That's Kevin Byard in this scenario. So, the Steelers have two wide receivers to the left side, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, one wide receiver to the right, and Kevin Byard is deep on the right-hand side. The Titans are running cover one man robber, and they want to go to Juju Smith-Schuster, who's in the slot on the left-hand side for the offense opposite Kevin Byard, but going up against Christian Fulton in the slot. Now, once again, the Titans are looking to play man coverage, but not play tight to the wide receivers. Now, they're not blitzing this time, so they, timing isn't necessarily the issue. But if you're Christian Fulton, you're backed off of Juju Smith-Schuster by about eight yards. You're going to have to let him cover that distance and let him get close to you rather than you backpedaling and keeping that distance because it's third and 12. It's not third and a million. You can't just give him a, a huge cushion all the way down the field. At some point, you're going to have to get closer to him. And this is where things get a little more complicated. So on this play, 
Christian Fulton is playing an inside leverage technique. Now he's got a safety over top of him in Imani Hooker. So his thought process is, if I play on the inside shoulder of Juju Smith-Schuster and let him go to the outside, even if he beats me vertically outside, I have Imani Hooker behind me to help me out. I just need to make sure that Juju Smith-Schuster does not cut inside because I'm not going to have any help there right away because Kevin Byard, who's the robber, who's covering the middle of the field, is on the opposite side of me because he's trying to confuse Ben Roethlisberger in a two-deep safety look. So basically, it's going to take some time for Kevin Byard to get over to the middle of the field, and that means that Christian Fulton just has to not allow Juju Smith-Schuster to cross his face and get to the middle of the field and get to the inside of him. Well, that's exactly what Juju Smith-Schuster is able to do on the skinny post. He starts out like he's going outside just barely and then darts inside right where he needs to get a first down. And here's the problem. Christian Fulton starts out with so much cushion and during the play, Fulton doesn't eliminate that cushion before he turns his hips. So his back is to the inside of the field, the middle of the field. He wants to force Juju Smith-Schuster to the outside. So he opens his hips and turns his back to the middle of the field, hoping that'll encourage Juju Smith-Schuster to go outside. Well, because there's so much of a cushion, Juju Smith-Schuster starts outside, gets Christian Fulton to turn his back to the middle of the field and to open up his hips, but then cuts inside. And since Fulton isn't close enough to Juju Smith-Schuster to disrupt his inside break, it's an easy completion for another first down. So this is a coaching error by the Titans. If you're going to play an inside leverage technique as a slot cornerback, then you have to make sure that you're closer to the wide receiver so that he can't cross your face. Or you're beat. You're screwed. You have your back to the middle of the field and the wide receiver's crossing you and going to the middle. There's no way that you can twist your body in a 360 and recover in time to stop a completion. For an example, just so you know that the Titans know how to do this, Malcolm Butler is right next to Christian Fulton on the outside on the boundary receiver, Chase Claypool, and Claypool goes vertically and takes an outside break, and Malcolm Butler does the same exact thing, playing inside leverage, turns his back to the middle of the field, opens up his hips, opens up his right leg to the top of the field, But since he's close enough to Claypool, Claypool can't cross his face and get inside of him and underneath him. So it's just confusing why they have Fulton back so far when he's playing inside leverage technique and allow this to happen. So that's another third third and long completion. The Steelers end up with a Benny Snell touchdown on this play. It's their second offensive drive. Now they're up 14 to nothing. The last thing that I want to talk about in today's Tic Tac 4-pack is a special teams gaffe that the Titans made that led to the Steelers' third touchdown of the half. Now think about this. If it's 17-7 to at halftime, that Titans' comeback attempt, it might have actually worked. It might have actually been able to win. They might not have needed a late field goal. They might have been able to score and win the game. But this play really doomed the Titans in the first half. The Titans are trying to punt. Right after the two-minute warning, it's fourth and five from the Titans' 15-yard line. So getting out of the shadow of your own goalpost. Brett Kern has been booming punts all day, so you feel really confident about this. The Titans' coverage unit really lets them down here. So, Brett Kern boots a punt. 
It's a pretty long punt, 59 yards, about 60 yards, gets it all the way to Pittsburgh's 26-yard line where it is fielded by Ray Ray McLeod from the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 14. Now, there are four major issues that take place on this play. We are going to start in chronological order. So, Brett Kern punts this ball to the right side. The Titans are trying to pin... You don't want to kick it to the middle because then the returner can go right or go left. So if you kick it to the right and you pin them over on the right sideline, then you kind of squeeze the field and shrink the field and shrink the area that the returner can work in. So that's what the Titans do here. A big important part of that is Chris Milton, the Titans gunner who's on the left-hand side, who's out wide receiver outside. They call him a gunner on punt team. So he gets eliminated about 20 yards, 30 yards downfield by two Steelers defenders who just get him on the ground and eliminate his rush up the field. So that's the number one thing because Chris Milton makes a ton of plays on special teams, makes a ton of tackles for the Titans, is one of their best special teams players, and he's eliminated from the play very early on by the Steelers coverage team. Going to the second problem for the Titans, when you are on kickoff or you are on punt, You have a lane that you're going down the field. Each individual player rushing down the field has like a a five-yard area that they are to run straight down and cover that area so that there are no open gaps in the coverage for a return to happen. If everybody is sound in their lane assignment, there is no open lane for the returner to get through. Well, the Steelers coverage team does a great job here of pushing Will Compton and Darren Bates from their lane, which their lanes are like the in between the hash marks and the numbers on the right-hand side, pushing them from their rush lanes and ruining their lane integrity, their assignment, and pushing them towards the sideline. So now you have four Tennessee Titans coverage players pushed between the sideline and the numbers. That's not good. You have Bo Brinkley by himself in his correct rush lane rushing up the field. Now we move to the third big problem. Dane Crookshank is the gunner on the right-hand side. Remember I talked about Chris Milton on the left-hand side. Dane Crookshank is the gunner on the right-hand side. He's going up the right sideline. He has a one-on-one opportunity to make a tackle and take McLeod down right as he fields the ball and he whiffs on the tackle. So Dan Crookshank's first game back from IR, maybe you give him a little bit of a pass, but if you're out on the field, you got to do your job and Crookshank doesn't do his job, misses the tackle, gives Ray Ray McLeod an easy run lane. And then the fourth major problem that happens is Bo Brinkley, Will Compton, and Darren Bates, all of them attempting to make a tackle and get back in the play are just left in the dust, out of position, take bad angles, and are unable to stop McLeod whatsoever and ruin his momentum. He gets about 50 yards downfield, and the biggest part of this sequence is Brett Kern, Titans punter, doesn't make the tackle, but he's able to be in McLeod's way. It forces McLeod to make a, a slight juke move from the right to the left. It slows down his momentum just enough for Amani Hooker to make the tackle. Now, ultimately, the Steelers scored a touchdown on this drive going up 24-7 to at halftime, but... Thank God that Brett Kern at least made McLeod slow down a little bit in the future. That could be important. Maybe if the Titans defense holds up their end of the bargain, but a tough spot for them there. So three Pittsburgh Steelers touchdowns in the first half. The first two facilitated facilitated by third and long conversions where the Titans were either out of position because of coaching 
or making mental errors in their zone coverage, like the example in the second play with Jayon Brown, making uh, player errors in special teams here as well for this third touchdown. So four critical plays that the Titans did not produce, did not perform properly, and it put them in too big of a hole for them to climb out of in the second half. That's going to be this Week 7 Tic Tac 4-pack. That is going to do it for this Tic Tac Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans and check out the visual breakdown that I will be posting to go along with this audio breakdown. Also, tomorrow is Rewatch Wednesday. Going to be breaking down all of my additional analysis and extra tidbits from rewatching the coaches' tape. Make sure you don't miss that. I'm going to be talking about how the Titans were able to turn the momentum in the second half and make that comeback attempt as well. Also, Thursday, begin our preparation for the Bengals with a crossover Thursday conversation with Locked On Bengals. Friday, our Football Friday game preview where I give you my keys to the game, players to watch, injuries, fantasy, gambling, and my score prediction so make sure that you're locked into the locked on titans podcast going forward that's going to do it for me today though as always i am your host tyler roland and this was locked on titans